Hello, Maria. Panic thrusts up within me lava-like volcanic so fast that I fear I could explode. He steps closer and I begin to shake, try to escape, but there are straps, leather on my limbs. Black eyes, lips are upturned. He's in the room now, bearing down on me, his breath, tobacco, garlic, mint. It is in my face, my nostrils, and I begin to hear myself scream when there is something else, a whisper. He is not real. He is not real. The whisper, it hovers in my brain, flaps, lingers. Then like a breeze it passes, leaving a trace of goosebumps on my skin. Was it right? I glance round. Medicine vials, needles, charts. I look at my hands, young, no lines. I touch my face, teenage spots. It is not me, not me now, which means none of this exists. Like a candle extinguishing, the image blows away. The curtains close. My eyes dart down. Each knuckle is white from where they have gripped the glass. When I look up, the man opposite is staring. What happened? he says. I inhale, check my location. The scent of black eyes is still in my nose, my mouth as if he had really been here. I try to push the fear to one side and slowly set down the glass and wring my hands together, once, then twice. I remember something, I say after a moment. Something real? I do not know. Is this a frequent occurrence? I hesitate. Does he already know? I decide to tell him the truth. Yes. The man looks at my hands, then turns his head and opens some photocopied files. My eyes scan the pages on his lap. Data. Information. Facts. Real facts. All black and white. Clear. No grey. No in-betweens or hidden meanings. The thought of it must centre me, because before I know it, the information in my head is coming out of my mouth. Photocopying machines originated in 1440, I say, my eyes on the pages in his hands. He glances up. Pardon? Photocopiers. They emerged after Johann Gutenberg invented the printing press in 1440. I exhale. My brain simply contains too much information. Sometimes it spills over. Gutenberg's Bible, I continue, was the first to be published in volume. I stop. Wait. But the man does not respond. He is staring again. His eyes narrowed. Two blue slits. My leg begins to jig as a familiar tightness in my chest spreads. To stop it, I count. One. Two. Three. Four. At five, I looked the window. The muslin curtains billow. The iron bars guard the panes. Below, three buses pass, wheezing, coughing out noise, fumes. I turn and touch the back of my neck where my hairline skims my skull. Sweat trickles past my collar. It is warm in here, I say. Is there a fan we can use? The man lowers the page. I'm told your ability to retain information is second to none. His eyes narrow. Your IQ, it is high. He consults his papers and looks back to me. 181. I do not move. None of this information is available. 
It's my job to research patients, he continues, as if reading my mind. He leans forward. I know a lot about you, he pauses. For example, you like to religiously record data in your notebook. My eyes dart to a cloth bag slung over my chair. How do you know about my notebook? He stays there, blinking, only sitting back when I shift in my seat. My pulse accelerates. It's in your file, of course, he says finally. He flashes a smile and returns his gaze to his paperwork. I keep very still, clock ticking, curtains drifting. Is he telling me the truth? His scent, the sweat of his skin, smells of mint like toothpaste. A hard knot forming in my stomach, I realize the man reminds me of black eyes. The thought causes the silence.